You can take a seat. Good evening, uh, City Light Church. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm one of the people that do high school ministry in our church. Um, I'm at the central location. I uh, have been working with inner city high school students for about two years, and so I'm excited to be here uh, with you tonight. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2, 21 to 25, so if you have your Bibles, open it up with uh, me and turn there. Um, these verses tonight reveal two truths. Um, first, we're going to be able to walk away and answer why Jesus suffered for us, and we will answer why Jesus died for us, okay? So, uh, before we jump in, uh, Peter addresses the slaves, new believing slaves, uh, that um, are experiencing freedom in Jesus, and yet this uh, spiritual freedom that they're experiencing, they're born again, they're following Jesus, this has not carried over to their political and public freedom. And so uh, Peter addresses this in the chapter, and um, he says, you will be treated unjustly. Although that you have freedom in Christ and you are a new believer, you will still be treated unjustly here on earth. And so uh, just the previous verses, 19 and 20, it says, it is a gracious thing when someone endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. It is gracious when someone endures sorrows and suffers unjustly. So the challenge for me, and, the, and I would say the challenge for most of us tonight, is that uh, if we haven't experienced a severe suffering, how, how do we relate to this uh, passage? How do we relate to this? And, 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 in, the, and in this context that we're we'll reading from, uh, the, the injustice is slavery, right? So Peter's talking to slaves, enslaved uh, uh, people, and they're new believers. So uh, for us tonight, let's take a, a, a few moments just to lift our eyes off of ourselves and allow the text, God's word, to reveal to us what it meant to them then, what it meant to receive this letter from Peter and be in the church uh, and, and hear this as, as people who were enslaved uh, back then. So we want to we figure out what it meant to them then, and then later we will find out what it means for us now. So pick it up with me, verse 21 uh, through 23. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So our first truth that we see tonight is that Jesus suffered so that we can endure. Jesus suffered so that we can endure. Uh, this example that we are to follow, specifically in verse 21, isn't just um, Jesus' sinless life of perfection, but uh, more specifically, it is Jesus's, uh, the way he endured persecution, right? So not just his perfect life, and we need to follow this example, but also um, as, as in the slaves, they're treated unjustly. We just read that Jesus did not sin. So in, in, while he was treated unjustly, we get to see how he endured uh, persecution. Um, again, we have to remind ourselves who's writing this letter. It's Peter. In John 18, 
uh, is the account is that Jesus is being taken away from the Garden of Gethsemane. And who is it that steps up for Jesus? It's Peter. He, he draws the sword and cuts off a soldier's ear, right? And we're like, yay, good job, Peter. You're standing up for your Savior. He's your friend. Way to go. But we just read that Jesus did not sin. He did not fight back. Uh, he, he did not threaten, right? He had no sin in his mouth. And so, um, yeah, we see that Jesus is in control. And this is opposite. Our, our knee-jerk reaction would be to step up, uh, fight for our buddy, and, and no, we, we're going to see, we see quite opposite from Jesus tonight. So um, Jesus is in control. And Matthew 27, uh, verses 26 through 31, gives us light on uh, what Jesus endured in his suffering. Okay, so I'm going to read this for us. Uh, verse 26, Matthew 27. Then he released from them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, uh, filled it with sour... Sorry. Um, sorry. Tw- verse 26. Then he released from the... Bra- then he released Barabbas. Having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters. And they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. So by the time Jesus was brought to the governor's headquarters, he had already been whipped um, so badly that no one could recognize him. He was tortured beyond recognition, right? And the battalion is estimated to be 600 soldiers gathered around Jesus. So picture this, okay? Put yourself, in, in, in the, just for a second, in the shoes of Jesus, that you have been whipped uh, so badly beyond recognition. There's pain on your body. You're throbbing. Your, your whole body's throbbing, right? Uh, you can't stand up. And, and, but three guards from the 600 come and grab you, and they strip you naked, throw you on the ground, and say, man, let's dress this guy up like a king. He's not no king. Let's dress him up. Let's put a robe on him. Let's uh, put a stick in his hand, and then let's put this crown of thorns on his head, right? Can you, can you picture this uh, suffering that our Savior went through? How does Jesus respond to this suffering? Verses 22 and 23 remind us that Jesus did not sin, not by action or words. He did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten them, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. If we can admit, we, we like when people get what they deserve, right? When, when the uh, murderer goes to jail for his entire life because he took someone's life, man, that's, a, that's good. When the, the rapist spends the rest of his life in jail, that's good. If someone were to come and, and at all attack my kids or my wife, man, I don't know where I'm going, but you're going to be meeting me in jail, okay? Uh, it, it's just it's like, it's so, but I'm so thankful that Jesus does not respond the way that we respond, right? Um, good Friday would not be good if he reacted the way we, uh, our natural uh, reaction would be. 
See, God had a plan, and this plan wasn't to get back at the people that tortured him. It wasn't to get back at the people that sinned against him. Instead, he sees the depravity. God saw the depravity of our sin, our, uh, us paralyzed in sin, and um, instead of pouring out his wrath on us, he sent his son, his one and only son, to, to take on that wrath of God. Jesus took the punishment and the beating that we deserved. He suffered so that we may also endure suffering. Um, it never fails. Uh, when I sit and read the word of God if, and preparing for a night like tonight, um, I am convicted. Like there's, there's something that God is going to show me. And uh, again, it's the same for me tonight. I, as I was preparing for this message, um, man, I had to repent of sin. I had to turn to Jesus and I had to be renewed in my mind and confess sin. So uh, I was reminded of a time when I was in South Africa with my wife, Katie, and our, and our good friends, Austin and Kristen. Uh, we were in South Africa um, in townships and serving people. We were teaching English classes. We were um, counseling students and playing soccer. And so you can probably guess what I was doing, playing soccer. Um, but when I wasn't, we actually had these like super toiling jobs to do. Like Austin and I would um, have a, a, a handsaw and a machete, and this old dude would tell us to go cut this huge giant tree down that's 100 years old. I'm not joking. And, and so it was horrible. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, but we would come inside ready for some rest, and, and man, I would, I would say, dude, are, aren't you suffering right now? Like, this is, this is like, this is horrible. I'm like, yeah. And, and dude, I would respond, and uh, I would laugh. I would laugh about it. And um, the point of this is that I was naive to what suffering was, okay? I'm naive to uh, what it means to suffer. Um, I'm, maybe I'm the only one in the room, but if it's true, if it's hard for us to understand what suffering is, how can we understand the suffering that our Savior went through? How can we even begin to start to just wrap our minds around this and what it means for us? And again, at this time, when I was in Africa, I... We would go to every traffic stop, and there would be people lined up, knocking on the window, begging uh, for food, begging for something, right? And what did I do? I made a mocking of their suffering. I turned it into a laughing matter. Uh, my temptation is to say, dude, that's, Ben, it's not a big deal. Not a big deal, dude. Like, you're just joking. It's fine. No, I was foolish, and I did not know what I was doing. Uh, I was taking for granted my privileges, never actually experiencing suffering before, and mocking someone else's suffering for my joy, right? This sounds horrible, but listen, church, the worst of it is uh, neglecting my God who suffered, neglecting my Savior who suffered for me. The sobering part is like when I think about the life of Jesus, I don't think about the suffering that he went through. Like, I, I just think of it as a quick death. Just, okay, yeah, God said, go die for them. And so then, in a blink of an eye, he's dead. And then we see, not only did he die, not only did he uh, suffer for us, um, he allowed this to happen. 
he allowed, he submitted himself to God, right? He submitted his, himself to the Father, and in his humil- humility showed his power. He showed his love to us. Verse 21 wouldn't be good news if it read, Jesus suffered. If, if you're just reading verse 21 and, oh, Jesus suffered, okay, well, yeah, what's the big deal? No, Jesus suffered for you. We, like the soldiers, me, like the, like the person making a mockery and, and enjoyment out of someone's suffering, uh, mocked Jesus, dressed him up, pretended that he's king, and neglected the very person who created us. Jesus showed his love for us by committing no sin when suffering for the very soldiers that were torturing him. So God, this is, this is a prayer of mine. Uh, this is a prayer that God, God said, like, that I have been led to pray for the last week, is God, help us as a church to remember your son's suffering. We're so forgetful. So would we remember the suffering that Jesus took for us? So he suffered so that we can endure. Look with me at verses 24 and 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The second truth that we find is that Jesus died so that we can live to righteousness. Jesus died so that we can live to righteousness. The cross uh, that Jesus would be led to was significant for so many reasons. Uh, But specifically for the Jewish people at this time, they wouldn't have hung uh, someone up on the cross unless it was uh, uh, the worst of criminals. Unless they wanted to bring shame to someone, they would hang them outside the city gates for all to see. Um, so the Roman soldiers, Jesus being hung on a cross is making a point, right? They're saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what's happening to your leader, and this is what will happen to you. Do not follow this man, right? They, they made a, a sh- it's shameful and, and for all to see. So verse 24, uh, Jesus, it says, Jesus bore our sins. And I had to look that word up. I don't use that word very often. Uh, it means to lift up or to carry. And, and another one is uh, to bring to the altar. And um, in Isaiah 53, 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Jesus willingly laid himself down on the altar, and our sins and our punishment was lavished on him. I think Peter wanted to make this point clear. In verse 24, it says, he, capital he, meaning Jesus, and then it says himself, meaning Jesus, all right? Fully God, fully man, uh, took the weight of our sin and our punishment and, and died the death and, and suffered for us in our place, right? Jesus is our suffering servant and our sinless substitute. Now, Peter doesn't just say that he died for us, right? It says uh, that Jesus died and our sins died with him so that we can live to righteousness. If you know that Jesus has died for your sins 
and you've trusted in Christ, you are freed from the bondage of your sin. There is no penalty for your past, present, or future sin. Amen? Believers in the room, we're no longer chained to our old sins or to the life of sinning. We are not chained. We're not in bondage anymore to not just sin, but the life of it. Someone took our place and someone took our, our payment, and that was Jesus. To affirm this, Paul writes in Romans 6, uh, 1 to 2, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Uh, Paul continues in verse 6, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. We are a new person in Christ. We are a new creation in Christ. At the end of verse 24, uh, it says that uh, by his wounds we are healed. And, and again, not totally taking us in, back into the, the text, but remember that P Peter is addressing the slaves, new believing slaves, and for them to read this letter and say, and to know that Jesus wounds, heals you, and, and they are able to uh, relate to Jesus. Like, these are slaves. They were punished, they were tortured, they were whipped, they were lashed as Jesus was. And so for them, it would have been uh, just amazing to know that my Savior, my, as these new believers, my Savior went through the same thing that I'm going through right now, right? Because earlier we had said uh, they're experiencing spiritual freedom, but yet they're in, still enslaved, and it's, uh, they're still being treated unjustly. But for us, this isn't talking about a physical healing, but a spiritual one. We now have the hope and the insurance that through Jesus's death, uh, we will one day experience life and, and with, without sin, without sickness, and without suffering. By the grace of God. Peter assures to the Jewish people, indeed you are straying away at one time. Verse 25 uh, says, we are straying like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. You were straying, whether you knew it or not. Again, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, everyone, one, everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are ignorant, lost, and in danger. And our shepherd our overseer came and sought us out. Be sure of this, church. It is not by your own doing. It is not by your strength or your goodness that we or you are able to come to the fold of God. It is because of the shepherd, the overseer of your souls, came and sought you. And this reminds me of Luke 15. Uh, Jesus talks about the parable of the lost sheep, right? And, and the one sheep leaves and the shepherd goes out and, and finds and searches for this sheep. And, and once he finds it, puts it on his shoulders and carries it back, right? And, and this, this is a symbol. The sheep is a symbol of the lost sinner, him or her. And, and when the shepherd finds her uh, or him and puts him 
on and carries him back, and there's going to be a celebration for that the one was found, right? And we just read about Jesus, a man uh, who carried our sin to the cross. Jesus became a sheep. Jesus became human and sacrificed himself on the cross, on the altar for us. The shepherd died for the sheep. So hopefully uh, you're asking, uh, Ben, what, what does this all mean for me? Like, what, uh, what, what can I take away from this? And so there's three things I want you to walk away with. Um, we have sinned against God first. We have sinned against God. Jesus bore our sins because uh, we disobeyed God. God is a holy God. We sinned against him. And so Jesus had to die. Because God, um, we can only be forgiven by God. God had to make a way for us, right? Uh, Jesus is our example to follow, but it's our inability to follow his example that led him to the cross. We are the soldiers taunting our Savior, and we are the wandering sheep. Second, our, so that was first, we have sinned against God. Second, our sins died with Christ. If you have trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, he didn't just die for you, but your sins died with him. Your sins were pinned on the cross with Jesus. There is no longer a payment needed for your sin. My sin of, of turning someone's suffering and, and mocking it and turning it into laughter that has no weight. Like, because of Jesus' death and, and uh, his suffering and his death, I, I have no longer attached with that sin. I'm freed from my sin. My sin has died with Christ. So, first one, we have sinned against God. Second, our sins died with Christ. And third, we can live to righteousness through Jesus. We can live to righteousness through Jesus. This righteousness is our identity in Christ. We are no longer identified by any of our wrongdoings, past, present, future, any of our sins. That is not our identity. We are a new person in Jesus. Uh, we are identified by everything Jesus has done perfectly. We are freed from the penalty of sin, and now we have the power to fight sin. We get to find joy and freedom in Jesus, knowing that we have an eternal destiny, and we will be healed. Um, we can live to righteousness through Jesus. And this, this, we're not working for our righteousness. Jesus freely paid this for us, right? There's no work to be done uh, aside from your identity. There's nothing that you can do to be identified in Christ except for to accept that invitation and what Jesus has done for you. So, Jesus suffered so that we can have an example to endure to the end of our lives here. We can suffer because our Savior suffered for us. Jesus died so that we may die to our own sin and live to righteousness. Our sins were pinned on the cross through Jesus' hands. And if our sins are dead, then what is holding us back? Guys, what's holding us back? If, if, if our sins are dead and, and there's nothing holding on to us, uh, except for our identity in Christ, what's, what's causing us to be held back? I, I, and I pray these, these truths that we just read 
uh, I pray that they, the truth of Jesus' suffering and his death for us would break through any fear or lies that are being told to us in the room uh, because of our sin. That is, it's false. It's a lie from Satan. You are no longer chained. There's no penalty for your sin. Um, in just a few moments, I am going to uh, invite uh, Isaac up to do a song in a, a couple moments. But, um, man, if you're here tonight and you don't know, you've never um, confessed your sin, uh, you don't know who Jesus is, man, I, I want to invite you to uh, the invitation that's on the table is that Jesus died for you. So I want to invite you into that and take that step of faith tonight. Um, knowing that Jesus died, uh, lived a perfect life for you, and he died the death on your behalf. And if you're in the room, uh, you have repented of your sin, you turned to Jesus, and you've confessed that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, amen, praise God. Um, there's, uh, you, you might have saw a card on your, on your chair tonight. Uh, maybe for you, there's um, sin in your life, Right? Uh, that that might feel alive, right? Uh, but yet, Jesus paid for that sin. And so, as uh, I invite Isaac up, we're going to have a time of reflection, and uh, I, I would encourage you to write down on that on the piece of paper, if, if there's sin, if you've never confessed a sin to God, uh, if there's sin that you're struggling with, write that down, and we'll take uh, just a few moments to reflect and respond to what uh, Jesus has done.